trust my gut. Hello and welcome to Gutted. I'm Elise. And I'm Tony. And this is the podcast where we spill our guts about horror movies. And this is our pilot episode. Um, So we're going to keep it a little short and, you know, hopefully around 30, 40 minutes or so. Maybe. We'll see. Maybe it'll go long. (laughs) Who knows? Um, But we want to start off with uh, why we're starting a podcast, a little bit about ourselves and um, why we love this genre of horror. Yeah. um, Well, I'm Elise, as I said. And I love the horror the horror genre because of um, obviously it's exciting. So all of those elements that um, everybody knows that horror can bring to a movie and to an experience, a viewing experience, um, are there. It's obviously exciting. It's thrilling. It's gripping, and uh, you are literally on the edge of your seat sometimes. Um, but I love it for so much more than that. It's on often underrated as a genre i feel like so i think because of that um that being overlooked so often um those who are making films in the horror genre are able to say so much more because no one's watching and um those are the films where i find if there's something to be said in uh, whatever um political statement you want to say for that time in which that that movie was made um, you can often hide it under the the lens of a horror film that's why i love horror so much it's it can say so much and it often goes under the radar yeah you know i'd have to agree with that and um i really love horror films just because of uh they're the sort of the most outlandish um campy it's almost like the type of movie where anything goes. It's a movie genre that has a lot of creativity mm-hmm. and a lot of flexibility for the filmmakers, for the storytellers. Um, for the actors. For the actors. For a lot of the people involved. Um, for Yeah, for the people making the film, it is, um, you know, usually you can, you can make a horror uh, movie for a really low budget. And, and so there's freedom. Right, there That's is freedom. I like. I like. Um, actors often do horror films first. And um, I think that's kind of what you were talking about, where it's like you have a lot of freedom because it's it's your first time. So why not experiment to play around with it? Um, and so a lot of those first-timer horror films or those low-budget early horror films of, you know, look where they are now, kind of, you know, directors, actors, uh, filmmakers. Yeah, it's, it's feel good. It's um, they are feel good. You wouldn't think that they'd be feel good, but they are. They're very feel good. It's like <laughs> you know, you're, if for nothing else, you just feel good that it's not you in that situation. So. <laughs> yeah. So you know, some horror movies are terrifying, and some horror movies are not so terrifying. Um, and they're campy. They're cheesy. Yeah, they're, and they're kind a of, form of escapism. La- comedy. Sometimes than... they are comedies, not always. So we obviously love watching them, but we also love talking about them. Yeah, and so we wanted to start this podcast because, um, well, I personally felt like I was watching so many horror movies and then forgetting them. So like I could, man. I mean, there's so many that I've seen since I was a teenager. And, um, 
I really have this deep love for them. But then if you ask me something about maybe other than basic plot, I'd be like, oh yeah, I've seen that, but I can't exactly mm -hmm. remember. So I think this is another way to kind of reinforce, dive deeper into these movies that I really cherish and really love. Well, because if we're not, uh, if we're just watching them and not discussing them afterwards, they kind of just float off into the ether and we forget about them. But Especially these days when yeah. you have um, the an infinite sites. amount of choices and um, you watch something and then it's gone the next day. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, actually, that happens quite often. Well, I'll, I'll watch a movie and um, within two days, I've forgotten everything about that movie. Yeah, it seems Elise, Elise is to. a little bit better at that. She can remember <laughs> the actors' names, the plot, how she felt about it. Well, that's that kind, kind of, of why we wanted to start this because we we love watching them and we want to we like to discuss them to kind of further inculcate that movie into your brain yeah. forever. <laughs> yeah, so it's community building as well. Yeah. So we're when we're able to discuss, hopefully in the future we'll be able to have some guests on and um, you know we're still kind of in the COVID era, so we'll see how. So that of course goes, we're but... starting a podcast. That's what you do in the COVID. But we're starting era. a podcast way after the. The COVID I quarantine. Know. I think a lot of people started podcasts <laughs> during the yeah. It's, it's twenty twenty one. We're kind of late in the game. Yeah, we're a little late to the game. We, <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Better late than never. Anyway, so we um, are starting this because we like talking about them, obviously, and um, it's kind of like a form of a visual book club. But yeah, we call it a, a boo club. club. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I guess that's a good segue into. Um, a little bit about ourselves. Mm -hmm. We are a married couple, which is why you just witnessed that moment of the boo. Oh, yes. We're so in sync. <laughs> yes. We're very in sync. Um, and this is kind of like what we do anyways. So we're, yeah, I mean, I, I so think why, I already covered that. Why not film it? <laughs> why not film it? Why not film a little bit into of our... us discussing horror films and dissecting, horror films, dissecting horror films, yes. which brings us to our show's title. Yes, of gutted. gutted. Yes. And be, gutted can have so many meanings, especially in the horror genre. Yes, we uh, thought long and hard about the title of our did. podcast, throwing out different names. Some of them didn't make the cut. Some of them were way some of them out were gutted. Field thrown away yeah <laughs> we ended up on gutted and we both when, when uh i think when it came up it just kind of clicked and we we're just like yeah that's I think yeah that's, and yeah, i'm that's a big fan be. of yes. figurative language and idioms and what's yes. more figurative language you <laughs> picturing something being gutted which you know is very apt to the horror genre you have your um allusion to the slasher subgenre of horror um, of people being gutted, like poor Casey and Steve in the opening scene in Scream. Poor Casey. Poor, poor Casey and Steve. They're gutted. <laughs> Sorry if we spoiled anything for anyone who has not seen seen Scream yet. This podcast will have a lot many of spoilers. spoilers, so just be forewarned. We actually didn't um, mention too much about ourselves. Yeah. Other than that, we're married. Are married, um, but also one of the reasons I think why we even became a couple in the first place was largely in part due to horror films. Uh, we met in college, our first year in college and undergrad, and um, we first noticed each other over our mutual love for Evil Dead Two. That's true. Yeah, Tony came into my my dorm room and he's like, "Oh, nice DVD collection," because I had quite a good DVD collection. 
<laughs> and he saw Evil Dead too. And I was like, oh, you've seen that? Hmm, who's this boy? Yes, so we are... <laughs> 100% bound by, by the Evil horror Dead genre. And Evil Dead oh, 2, yeah. yeah. Um, I was actually, you know, prodding you to just say more about yourself. Oh, psh. No. So, <laughs> I, I can say something about myself. Okay, go ahead. Um, I, I was going to just say that we, so, you know, we're, we're not uh, film historians. We're not film critics. We're, we're fans. I would say that I'm a, I'm not a super fan. Um, I am a, I love, I have a deep love for the genre. Um, what do you define as super fan? Cause I kind of feel like I am a super fan. I feel like a super fan is someone who, um, it's almost like every waking moment, every ounce of their energy, all of their love is poured into the genre and it's a tall order. I'm, well, I guess I'm just like going way, way to the top. But someone that's who's like film historian a collector, level. someone who's a, a historian, someone who is. Okay, fine. So we don't have formal training in the horror genre, but I would say that by informal means that we are super fans. Okay, I'll take it back. Okay, thank I you. Would say I'm a Jeez, super fan. who are you? <laughs> <laughs> After we just said how much we're in sync. <laughs> um. Well. Hmm. Well, I just, I want to keep going with yeah. Let's let's talk about um, uh, kind of what we're going to get into in this. No, I want to keep going oh. with like why um, uh, horror films have kind of been so strong and prevalent in our relationships. We yeah, kind of yeah. talk about like you know how they we are um, kind of drawn to them individually, but I mean as a couple, um, they have had this thread throughout our relationship that and is true, yes. starting with Evil Dead 2 and then going on to um, our first date, which was watching Dead Alive with different friends. And so it wasn't, you know, our first solo date, but our first date amongst friends, we were watching um, Dead Alive in yes. Peter Tony's Dead dorm Alive. room. Yes. Um, and then our first discussion of becoming an official couple, which is a very important discussion mm -hmm. that you have in the 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 buddingness of a relationship. Um, that was when we were returning Rosemary's baby to Blockbuster. Yes, this was a time when Blockbuster oh, still was a thing. How I pine for Blockbuster. <laughs> and... Um, as a young couple, that was kind of one of the things we like to do is go yeah. walk down to Blockbuster. Really just an excuse to like movies. take a walk with someone and see what are they going to pick out. Yeah. And Elise was not impressed by my collection of uh, really low resolution pirated horror movies. Ah, don't admit that. <laughs> I hope that I'm not going to be persecuted for that. <laughs> but I, rem I before... do remember... Um, watching like friday the 13th part three or something like that and it, i just remember the yeah the film quality is pretty bad so. i'll i'll have our fans know that i did not partake in this pirating <laughs> heyday of the early 2000s <laughs> yeah okay early 2000s it was early young 2000s college, so young college put together frontal lobe yeah, formation so put together our age range as well um Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. And okay, I feel like this was important. Um, our first dance at our wedding was to 
Goodbye Horses by Q Lazarus. Which was made from... famous by Silence of the Lambs. And it was that really Not amazing... by Jay and Silent Bob. No. Movie. They parodied this this moment, but yeah. a Buffalo Bill's very captivating dance in Silence of the Lambs. Yes. And that became our first dance as... We didn't quite recreate the no. Buffalo Bill-esque It was much essence. more experimental. It was very experimental. <laughs> Lots it of was off rolling the, around. It was off the cuff, as we like to say, off the cuff. Tony and I, to say I that. ruined my wedding suit mm. um, doing the dance, so it, it was quite experimental. No one re- re-wears that stuff anyway. Yeah. And I imagine that... Um, you know, we don't have any kids right now, but I, I imagine when we do have kids, there will be some John Carpenter soundtracks playing at the birthing process. Yeah, like in the hospital yeah. surround sound speaker system. Yeah. We'll make that happen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Moving, continuing to move on to the main purpose of this this pilot podcast uh, to discuss our top 10 horror films, each of our top 10. Yeah. And since we are married, we do have a couple repeats. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, before we get into that, I do want to mention two of, of the types of episodes that we're going to um, to do. Right. We, we have a Spill Your Guts type yes. of episode. So Spill Your Guts episodes will be more of a uh, in-depth look, kind of just a, a, a reaction to the um, film. We do some light research on the film and then... And a critique of various elements of that film. Yeah, so so not quite a, a review. Um, but just our... our uh, we're just spilling our guts about that particular film. Just what we enjoyed, going, yeah. Uh, what, uh, what our thoughts were. Yeah, conversation. And then the other type of episode we're thinking of doing is uh, called the gut reaction. Actually, it's like a two-parter, like a gut feeling and then followed up by a gut reaction all within the same episode. Yeah, and so this type of episode is going to be where we watch exactly one half of a movie and um, then pause it, and then we'll record half of the podcast, and then... Discuss um, our feelings about the movie thus far up to that halfway marker. Make some predictions about the movie. Make some predictions about who might get gutted. Or... What's going to happen? What's the twist ending? Who's yeah. going to die? Are yeah. we going to lose interest in the next 10 minutes? Oh, hopefully not. <laughs> <laughs> and then we will watch the rest of the film and yeah. come back with our um, conclusions. So whether or not we were right, uh, if either of our predictions were right, and then our um, gut um, reactions about the rest of the film. I'm also imagining that as we... Um, build this podcast we will start to kind of build a community and we can invite some other people from that community onto the show and hear maybe some expert opinions maybe some first-hand experiences from people who have actually made these movies hmm. you never know putting you it never out there. know you never know putting or it, it could there. just be elise and i forever talking about with tom oh yeah eyeball tom. we didn't really mention that but there's someone peeping in we'll call yeah. it we'll call it the nosy neighbor tom peeping in i named him tom well 10 minutes ago <laughs> it's peeping i am... i think it's clever because he's peeping <laughs> <laughs> and his name's tom all right fine we have peeping Thank tom you. in the background tom tom's <laughs> gonna be with us as our special guest as yeah. always mm-hmm. um yes and now can we get into the the bulk of the the podcast yeah let's get in let's get into the meat of this let's stop uh dilly-dallying around i know it's mostly me 
<laughs> no, you have a lot of gut feelings. Lots oh. of feelings that you want to spill. Yeah, I do. So, makes sense. I do. Number 10. Uh, so, my number 10 perfect horror movie is Rear Window, mm. directed by Alfred Hitchcock in 1954. Um, and I know by some standards, this is not a horror film. It is more in that thriller mystery genre maybe suspense right maybe suspense it predates psycho which is his you know more known horror film uh it's that it has that that music and that that famous you know slasher bathroom scene with the blood circling the drain and janet lee getting off in like the first few minutes um so that one is very um obviously a horror film and so things before it's more kind of like, you know, murky waters. Um, but I feel like Rear Window is a horror film because if you think about the definition of what is horror, what is horrifying, something that terrifies you. And I feel like it's it's absolutely terrifying to be in Jimmy Stewart's character's position, immobilized and helpless, looking out that window of, you know, the rear window of his apartment complex and kind of, it starts out innocently enough as most horror films do just kind of, you know, innocuously spying on his neighbors and very, you know, voyeuristically. And then he, his eyes stumble upon something that he didn't expect. And it's even more horrifying when somebody he cares about Grace Kelly's character at the end is in that horrifying situation and again he's helpless and cannot do anything to help her um and aside from that from my own um argument that it is a horror film um or in that genre anyway Has someone told you that it's not a horror film you no know, I, I feel like you're defending it before i it am needs to defending be it because i feel like it's not known for being a horror film because it is in that you know that genre of thriller suspense mystery um, so I just wanted to, you know, argue that it is, that it belongs in that genre, in that section of blockbuster, if you happened to be able to go. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I think sometimes when there is a director who is well-known or well, you may be critically acclaimed or something, um, then sometimes their movies are not considered horror well, the, the movies prior to their, you know, their sailing moment of horror, like Psycho. Um, so anything prior to that is like, I don't know, it wasn't horror. Psycho was horror. Um, so, but I, I really enjoy Rear Window for like the, the slow burn of it and um, the, the creeping horror, the creeping suspense of it. And just everything else involved was just so, so beautiful. This, the art direction was beautiful. The um it's Hitchcock. Hitchcock, yeah. Grace Kelly's dresses, and it's Grace Kelly. Of course, she's beautiful. So everything, um, and I just have a fondness for Jimmy Stewart anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> he's my, he's my, uh, my Turner Classic Movies crush. <laughs> so that's why Rear Window gets to be in, in my my top ten. What is your right. top ten? Number ten. Number ten is for me. Um, is I'm going with a very classic and maybe you know for someone who's an art student it's gonna be like whoa like that's okay that's obvious that that was on your list <laughs> um it's uh 
Suspiria by oh. Dario Argento. I was thinking that's where you're going. We don't actually know the rating. We might know what's in each other's top 10 lists, but we don't know the rating. So when you were talking about uh, art, yeah, art and student. Yes. So this one, I think purely because uh, when I first saw it, I was completely blown away by the visuals and the soundtrack. Um, I had never seen that amount of style in any movie i i don't think um but definitely not in a horror movie so it really had a pretty profound impact on me and i mean just the, the opening scene um the main character kind of like walking through the rain to the goblin soundtrack it was mm. just like i was just like ah oh, this is this is it this this is this is the movie this is why i'm an art student this is why i'm an art student all right number nine you go you tell me your number nine oh so we're gonna do sort of like a little zigzag kind of um okay my number nine is another horror classic and it is um something i spy with my little eye a sweater (gasps) that someone might be wearing so it's Nightmare on Elm Street. Leprechaun. Just kidding. <laughs> Leprechaun. 1984. Wes Craven. It's le- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's no, Nightmare not. It's not Leprechaun. No, it's not Leprechaun. <laughs> um, it's Nightmare on Elm Street. Freddy Krueger. Uh, saw this movie probably when I was a teenager. I would say I saw it pretty early. Um, maybe like when I was 10 or 11. But I didn't actually watch the movie until um i was maybe 18 and i would say that like i didn't actually watch the movie because there's there's so many movies in my childhood where um i seen bits and pieces pieces of it or it was on because an older cousin or an aunt or you know my parents older cousins or is on tv or something like that (laughs) and i'd seen him just like what is this what is this um but I, I think I have an earlier memory of actually Friday the 13th watch, having that experience where I just I came into the movie and then immediately saw like someone's head getting hacked off with an axe. So um, why is Nightmare on Elm Street? So Nightmare on Elm Street, when I first saw that, um, I'd already known who um, Freddy Krueger was. I think the first Net- Freddy movie that I saw was um, Freddy's Dead. And I think that was around the time when it was actually out in theaters and it was mm-hmm. 3D and it was like really kind of funny and campy. Um, but later when I was a mature teenager, mm-hmm. I uh, I actually watched the movie and I was just so blown away by the, um, by the effects, uh, the scene. So, you know, it's no spoilers. spoilers yeah. yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Everyone on everyone watching and listening the, the dream sequence this. in the bed yeah she's on the bed and she's getting like tossed around the room and like like i don't know i yeah it was just so right uh, and she's, she's being ripped apart by like an invisible force right that you her yeah, boyfriend been, cannot see yeah so basically in a nutshell number nine is number your, nine is, is yeah. friday the 13th friday the, no no, no <laughs> nightmare on elm street the first one we've gone from leprechaun to (laughs) saying it was nightmare on elm street nightmare on elm street sorry sorry number nine freddy krueger i think everybody loves them some everybody loves freddy freddy's just become a household cuddly i think freddy was my favorite halloween costume that i ever did that i ever had it was a pretty good one 
Thank you. I really enjoyed my Freddy costume. Yes. All right. My number nine is uh, 1991's Silence of the Lambs. Silence, yes. And we, and we made men- mention of, of it, right? Yeah. That it was um, the Q Lazarus Goodbye Horses song that was our first dance at our wedding. And so part of that might be why it's in my top 10 because I have fond memories of, you know, that movie in general. Um, but also is the first horror film to win an Oscar for best picture. That's huge. Um, and rightfully so it it was one of those films that really was from beginning to end perfect. And, um, and both of the, the quote unquote villains in the movie, you have, you know, Hannibal Lecter and Buffalo Bill. And I would argue that maybe Hannibal's not quite so much of a villain that's arguable, um, but both of those villains are very captivating in their own way. Um, I don't think I really started to appreciate Buffalo Bill's vi- villainry, villainousness until later on. Um, but he has just this deep, um, kind of unsettling voice, um, that he has. And, um, he's just very captivating. And that scene that he has with that dance to Goodbye Horses, it's just so eerie and entrancing and um his his words that he uses as he's looking in the mirror as the song starts to play and um his poor victim in the the basement is like screaming for help and he's just like nonchalant like i'm just gonna do my thing i know you're screaming anyway that movie is perfect i can go on and on about it it rivals tom hanks and meg ryan's relationship for romance between you know with clary starling and hannibal lecter and so anyway it's great 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 movie Tom Arnold and Meg. No, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan's relationship in Sleepless in Seattle is comparable to Hannibal and Clarice's relationship. I wonder if now I'm wondering if Tom Arnold has been in a horror movie. I'm sure he has. That guy's great, too. I like him. I mean, the Flintstones was pretty horrible. How dare you? (laughs) He was amazing in True Lies. Let's move on. (laughs) I'm going to move on with my number eight. My number eight horror film uh, is uh, Blair Witch Project Ooh, from okay. 1999. Uh, and this one came out when I was in high school. I had just started high school. And it was, I heard murmurs of it, about it, when I was in high school from peers. I had not seen it yet, but everyone was talking about this movie that might have been real. Like they found footage of these three hikers that, um, went missing by mysterious means and there were almost three waves of people that saw that film there were there was the first wave who all saw it kind of not knowing what to expect and not knowing whether or not it was real or not and then there was the second wave of people who knew it wasn't real and they wanted to be naysayers and like oh this movie sucks and then the third wave and that's the wave that i fell in that knew both sides and went into it with like open eyes or an open mind and uh, I really enjoyed it for um, just kind of being able to create that conversation and um, having the ability ability to to fool anyone of its authenticity or not um, was was amazing to me and, and just the simplicity of it and how terrifying it could be and how simple um, with very um, modest means it was quite quite a feat quite amazing to me i'm gonna stay a little quiet on the subject because that might show up on my list somewhere (laughs) but um but yeah definitely 1999 and it spawned an entire subgenre of horror movies 
Right, the, the mockumentary found footage kind of yeah. horror. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of actually really good found footage horror movies came out of that. That almost like, I mean, I wouldn't say paranormal that I... activity. Yeah, paranormal mm-hmm. activity. Um, wreck. Wreck was a good one, yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of bad ones, too. But anyways, <laughs> um, okay, so what are we on, number seven? Mm-hmm. My number seven is John Carpenter's Halloween. <gasps> and this was one that I think it's one of those movies that um, the more I watch it, the higher it gets on my list. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I mean, John Carpenter, I think for a lot of horror fans, definitely for me is one of, I, I actually, I'm going to say he's my favorite uh, director in, in the horror too. genre. That's we knew why this we're already. married. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, for a lot of reasons, the cinematography, the soundtracks are always just mm-hmm. on point. Um, Michael Myers being such an iconic. Uh, silent Stalker. The Silent Stalker. Mm-hmm. Halloween is sort of, it's not the first of the slasher genre, but it's the first movie that kind of popularized the slasher genre. Yeah. Oh my gosh, there are a whole slew of of slashers right afterwards. And I'll stay quiet on that subject too, because it might be in (laughs) my list later on. Yeah, Halloween. I mean, I I think for those who are fans of horror, it's like, you know, what what more can be said about this Mm -hmm. movie? It's a great movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, My number seven is Jaws from 1975. Um, And it's kind of in that monster horror genre subgenre creature feature feature. blockbuster yeah the ultimate Um, blockbuster is the ultimate horror movie wait are you saying the ultimate blockbuster is when i think of blockbusters i think of jaws oh right okay and it's funny because tony had actually not seen jaws for the longest time until i forced him to watch it by buying (laughs) him like some sort of anniversary it's one of those movies where i've seen parts of it oh, here everybody and there. has seen parts yeah but i was in you know in my defense i was proud of these certain holdouts that i had like yeah. i had not seen he wanted godfather. to be that guy that had never seen jaws with the godfather yeah AT. i just <laughs> held out for as long as i possibly could yeah so yeah. i'm sorry you are no longer that guy <laughs> yeah but i i just um i think steven spielberg is amazing at creating these um these i don't know kind of iconic blockbuster hits and they're almost like family movies they're family horror movies like i remember watching jaws with my family when i was probably like eight and i was just riveted by the three men on the boat and just how different each of those those men were their characters and roy scheider was like my favorite actor when i was in elementary school i loved him then he was in sequest <laughs> sequest which you know i think i just really liked it because he was in it honestly Mm -hmm. and jonathan brandis you know he was nice too um but yeah jaws just was um that beginning scene where um chrissy is swimming out to that that buoy and when she first gets pulled under and she has that kind of like (laughs) that like choking gasping um moment of initial fear and you feel it and every time i watch it i feel that initial fear that she feels and um that's one of the most um that's one of the most perfect 
scenes of emoting fear that I've ever seen in a movie. And I think I've, I think it's come up pretty commonly that Jaws is the scariest movie of all time. Has it? At least according to lists, lists. like like VH1. Someone else's list. <laughs> like VH1's <laughs> top scariest, top scariest horror movies yeah. of all time. I'm pretty sure Jaws video. is on yeah. top. But actually, you know, I would say that um, I was afraid of sharks and Jaws without even seeing the movie. Right. That's how big of a phenomenon right. it was. I was afraid to go in a swimming pool because of Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> I was eight, okay? So it was not unfounded. Um, I forgot what number are we on. Oh, we're, we're on number six. six. It's my turn. Six. My Wait, turn I again. feel like you went twice no, we're, in Yeah, a row. we're flip-flopping. I feel we, like you've gone like three times no. in a row. Did you already do your number seven? Uh, yes. See, so it's okay. my turn again. All right, number six. <laughs> it's a weird order that we devised. We'll, we'll be able to watch the video afterwards yeah. and see who, yeah. Yeah, anyway. Settle this debate. My number six <laughs> is 1979's Alien. Nice. Thank nice. you. Thank you. I love Alien. Another one of those, I guess it's not a family horror film. I was actually terrified when I saw the trailer for this. Um, when I was seeing some other movie, I saw the trailer for Alien in the movie theater. and was ter- No, not for this one because I wasn't born. Okay, I saw the trailer for like Aliens or something. <laughs> Probably Aliens 3. <laughs> Probably so. Anyway, yeah. so Alien, though, I think is, is quite perfect. And I, I love Ripley as a, as a character, as the 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 primary character hero in this film and i mean i'm i'm not sure at that time how many females were in this position of being that strong female character that didn't fit into that typical female mo- mold mm. and uh she i think um the role was actually slated to be played by a man and and you can almost see that how like there's nothing stereotypically female in her character. She's just a person that happens to be a female. And aside from, you know, there are some, I think, moments of um, perhaps being like, you know, harassed due to her, her gender. Um, but aside from that, there's, you know, like she's just this really amazing human that is defeating aliens or an alien. Yep. Uh, and the, that scene, of course, that iconic scene around the, the dinner table where they're all just huck, yucking it up and having a grand old time. And then cute little baby alien pops out of someone's chest. <laughs> it's the cutest, frightening little alien I've ever seen. Anyway, I like that movie. I am also a big fan of that movie. It was very hard to not put that movie in my top ten. <sighs> It, some other things won out over it for other reasons, but that movie could easily be in my top 10, probably in my top five, which is crazy to say that it didn't make the top 10, but it could easily be in my top five. I don't know. Making top 10 lists is hard. It's hard. Every, yeah. Um, so number six for me mm-hmm. is Blair Witch Project, mm-hmm. which we talked about. Um, I am one of those who was, at least was talking about earlier, the three waves of Bla- Blair Witch. I had heard of it um, and I was terrified to watch it because I had heard because I thought it was real. Um, I didn't see any of the sort of Internet marketing because um, it was so it came out in 1999. So it's really early Internet AOL days, mm. maybe slightly post AOL, but definitely early um, 
those Chat types room. of days where everybody has the internet. Yep. And um, they did a big marketing blitz to promote this movie, and it was in- insanely brilliant. Um, for the longest time, I think it was the highest grossing movie on for the amount that it was made. Like, yeah, I compared can see that. To, I think um, I think Paranormal Activity beat it out uh-huh. eventually, and I wonder if there's maybe another movie that's I don't know. Anyways, um, I was in probably the second wave where I, well, no, I was actually in all three waves. I was the first wave. Where I was terrified. I didn't want to see it. And then the second wave where I was just like, oh, but you didn't see it in the first. It's wave. all hype. Were you in that first I didn't wave? See it, no. So? You were in waves two and three. I was in wave one. I didn't want to see it because I thought it was real. And then I rode into wave two where I was just like, no, this is hype. I don't care about this. This is dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I watched it by myself in the dark. Um, one night I was in high school and I was like absolutely blown away by it. And I think... Um, you know, it stuck with me and I, I didn't watch it for like s- several years. I was just like, like, whoa, that was terrifying. That was like, never want to go camping again. I am not going to go outside not gonna after watching that. Stand in the dark corner of a basement. <laughs> and then later, um, thinking about that movie and just becoming almost like kind of obsessed with that movie and watching, um, after you know, after I've seen a bunch of horror movies and why, like thinking like, why is this movie? It's it seems so simple when you think about it, but um, they did a lot of really great things. The um, the story and the acting. I know that it does get kind of like shit on a lot. Um, I thought the acting was great, but I it's one of those movies that's it's parodied, parodied so much that it almost great. becomes a you joke. You parody things that are great. I think. I mean, yeah, you might parody things that are bad, but. I think for the, like, what's that phrase? Like, the but highest form scene, of flattery is yeah. mockery. Yeah. That scene, the one that's parodied where she's holding the camera in her face and, like, yeah. she's yeah. like crying into the and camera. Like... That, that's actually not the best scene for me at all. Mm. I think the, um, the kind of buildup and the mood that's set by the film is, um, is really great and just really smart. And, of course, like, you know, the ending, a lot of people probably have issues with it but i you know i thought everything about it was just like perfect yeah yeah okay so i get to go again i know for sure i get to go to number five i have a list that says so and i'm surprised that none of our numbers actually well i don't know if i'm surprised but i was wondering if any of our numbers were going to line up so like Hmm. i was wondering too yeah there's still time we've had the only crossover we've had is Blair Witch Project so far. No, we've had... Oh, oh, so far. So far. Okay, go ahead with your number. Okay, my number five is um, going to be Evil Dead 2. Hmm. And another movie that I saw probably, I think, in high school, late in high school. Um, of course, this was the movie that I saw in Elise's DVD collection. and uh, Then he loved me. Yeah, <laughs> it was love at first sight of Evil Dead Two, and I think I think it was because it was fresh in my mind, and I and I didn't know too many people who at that time, you know, this was a long time ago. And I think now maybe the, it's different, but I didn't know too many people who had seen or appreciated, let alone owned that movie. Yeah. Um, so I was I was quite a catch. <laughs> yeah. 
I'd actually seen Army of Darkness before I saw Evil yeah, Dead me Two. Too, actually, and I didn't, I didn't realize that they were connected because I, I saw either. Army of Darkness when I was in like elementary school at the theater or something. Yeah, I saw it in the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and Evil Dead Two, I saw rented it um, from Blockbuster. Actually, yeah. no, sorry, I wasn't a Blockbuster guy. Hollywood I was video. I was a Hollywood oh, video no. guy. <laughs> Okay. Uh, so when I was in high school, I had a membership to Hollywood Video. I would go down to Hollywood Video and rent movies probably at least once a week, probably two or three videos a week, yeah. um, basically Tony... spending my lunch money mm-hmm. on movie rentals. Tony and I have like a lot in common, but there are a few moments here and there where we kind of like like diverge and split and say, what, you were a Hollywood video person you were a looney tune person <laughs> exactly. um thanks for mentioning the the looney tunes You're thing because actually that that's probably one of the reasons why i love evil dead too is because it's so over the top that. it's pretty much that. a cartoon it's yeah. like it's 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 a movie that where it's like oh it doesn't necessarily have to be scary for it to be a good horror movie mm-hmm. it can be like you cannot take itself seriously and yeah. there's some parts that were a little terrifying and maybe like some jump scares or, yeah. but overall it was a funny movie. Mm-hmm. I and saw it with my, my older cousins and some younger cousins, but um, it's always those older cousins that like to introduce you to yeah. things. And uh, I just remember all of us like laying on like one of those hide beds that fold out of a couch and we're just like laughing, hysterically <laughs> <laughs> able to do. <laughs> Number five. Number five. <laughs> So my number five top perfect horror film is The Descent from mm. 2005. It's a good oh one. my goodness, when I saw this movie, I was blown away at the the makeup of the cast um, and the setting, how they just go, you know, subterranean and they're just this um, five friends that are going to go spelunking because one of them had a horrific moment happen to them, I think the year prior. And what I love about it is that it's five friends that happen to be all female, but the way that Danny Marshall directs it, it's not like, oh, a bunch of females go on spelunking and, you know, eat, pray, love. Nothing against eat, pray, love, but it, <laughs> <laughs> I do really um, enjoy when you have characters in movies that almost seemed like, you know, blind casting where you're like you wrote the character first and then you cast who fit that character best. And it happened to be five um, friends who happened to be female. Uh, oh man, it's so good. And so great in the visuals when um, I think it's Sarah that comes out of that bloody lake and her face is, she's almost like carified where she's just covered from head to like snout and blood, like this little alligator coming out of the water and um, like the roles have reversed. Now she's the underground dweller and you have to be afraid of her. It's a great movie and that I was... really enjoy the European ending. I think there was like an American ending that was shot and I saw that one later and I was like, oh no, the European ending. So what's the European ending? The European ending remember. is she 
doesn't get out. The American ending is they end with her getting out of the cave. So the European ending is darker. The European ending, she gets out of the cave, but then she comes to her senses and realizes that that was like the ether, you know, of being like underground in a cave. You kind of start going delirious. And she didn't really get out and she stayed down there the whole time. And that was terrifying. And I feel like that made more sense because that kind of harked on the, the dramatic dramatic irony of the previous statement saying that, oh, when you go underground and when you're in that cave, you might start to see things and um, things play tricks on you. So like what was imagined? What, yeah, what was just the own horrors of their own imagination? Anyway, I that love that movie. That was 2005. 2005? Mm-hmm. So, so far that's the most... Modern, most current oh, most current interesting that okay. was 16 years ago oh gosh yeah <laughs> i think there's also you know reluctance to pick something that is really new i would say that, it's hard to pick something new because you're thinking well will this stand the test of time yeah i i could i can think of five at least movies in the last three or four years that i've seen that i've been completely blown away by but I was reluctant to put those on the top 10 probably right. for that reason. Like, oh, maybe I need to live with it a little more. Yeah, maybe I need to watch it a couple more times. With it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So because of the order of our list, I'm going to go next again for okay. my number fourth slot. And I have an older one from 1982, John Carpenter's The Thing. The Thing. The yes. Thing. The so thing. good. Another one of those great relationship movies where you have i don't know how many people like six people that happen to be dudes um but the the different uh, relationships that you see and just like that scene where i think three of them are tied up on a on a bench because they're not sure one of them might be the thing and um they're trying to go through this whole process of like um like ruling people out and one of them is the thing <laughs> or has been um, infected by the thing and the horror on on the other two's faces when they're like ah crud <laughs> i'm sure they thought more than crud but yeah they they just they can't go anywhere because they're tied to their person who they thought was their friend or co-worker i think that was a lot actually that was the exact line it was like oh crud i <laughs> was the, the thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> that is a solid choice. Thank yes. you. Um, so we're so I'm at number four. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I think I skipped you. <laughs> I think our order is our just order kind is of terrible. We had this no, plan to go kind go. of like a zigzag, <laughs> but maybe it would have just been easier to go back and forth. But we're just it was so a excited. Better about the idea in retrospect. <laughs> it's all right. We'll get through it. I, yeah. Yeah. And then we'll we'll review the footage later to see who was right, and you know, then we'll. Yeah. have that conversation later <laughs> and just um <laughs> all right my number four is a movie from 2002 directed by danny boy <gasps> and it's 28 days later mm. um this movie i saw in probably 2003 i didn't see it in the theaters i saw it after it came out on dvd or video um saw it in college and for me, it was really that sort of first college horror type movie where I'm like, oh, this 
is intellectual for me. Like I'm thinking about horror movies in a different way. Right. It's like zombies are fast now. What? And maybe my brain is faster now <laughs> for watching this movie. Um, no, but I, I really thought it was just uh, a mind-blowing movie. Changes changes the zombie genre completely. Mm-hmm. Um, although they claim to be infected and not undead. Not right. And anyways, all arguments aside, um, one of the other reasons why I chose 28 Days Later because I um, know that this is the first movie where I um, watched the director's commentary, all of the behind the scenes footage. Um, and that could have been because like, you know, at this time when DVDs were coming out, all this bonus footage was right. The commentary out. was often a big thing. Reading about it on the internet and, you know, really trying to get Because you watch it and you're like, I want more yeah. of that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You wake up from a coma or he was in a coma, right? He was in a coma. Wake up from a coma and your your whole whole world has changed. And I guess, you know, in some ways it's kind of like the college experience. Like you (laughs) go off to school and you wake up one day, your entire world has changed. (laughs) Everyone is dead. Metaphorically. Well, you feel like you're alone in this world Uh, trying to find other survivors, people who you can traverse this world with. Because the you that you used to know in high school is likely dead. And now you are formed and reborn as this. I'm really stretching. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, Danny Boyle just, oh, man, he hit the nail on the head with 28 Days Later. Yeah, I don't know. It was okay. It was all right. It was... <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to my number three slot. Uh, a film, a little known film made in 2002 by a director named Danny Boyle. What? Oh, wait, number three or number four? Number three. My number Ooh, three. okay. I thought we means... were going to have one that crossed no, over. No, but... I actually liked this one more than you, oh, okay. apparently. So who's the super fan now? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed 28 Days Later for all the things that you said. And the soundtrack was again, really great. I've always really loved John Carpenter soundtracks, but this was one where I started to really notice this soundtrack as well. And uh, who's the, this who's is the, the soundtrack that we still listen to yeah. in on car rides to this day. Yeah. I, I have a, a spooky mix in this, the one, Oh man, who is the um, the artist who composed those really amazing songs? Songs where they get to the house and it's just like that. Slow you weren't supposed to put me on the spot. This isn't really in the, in the podcast. Oh man, John Murphy. yes, yes. Oh, see, sometimes you it comes. Got it. I didn't have to Google it or anything. No, he didn't. <laughs> if you are watching on YouTube, you can tell that he did yeah. not Google. <laughs> um, I use my brain Google for that one. The brain Google. So yeah, 28 Days Later is my number three spot, uh, slot. 28 Days Later. I still, every once in a while, just think in my head, Hello! Hello! I think I was hello. saying hello when we are testing the sound levels. That's my, my sound. That's our go- like, yeah, that's hello. our sound check. Is just the, hello! <laughs> um, <laughs> Tony's number three. <laughs> my number three is going to be a little bit of a shocker, I think. Mm. Um, is it shocker? No, that's a shocker. <laughs> um, a shocker. I, I think I, I don't know if I've seen it, but I own it. We own it's Shocker. So. We own it. I don't know if I've seen it. We've seen it. And I think it was directed by Wes Craven, but I can't remember. Yeah. Um, 
either some one of the two movies that's in that double pack that we bought it's it shocker came with shocker and, and virus, virus starring jamie lee curtis i think shocker is directed by wes craven and virus is or one of the two vice for anyway shocker's not his that number was three, a shocker so. that was yeah um i went with a movie that i can watch every day of my life and still be entertained by it and i quote it all the time um i think about it all the time and i really <gasps> just want to have she knows what it is now mm-hmm. um i just i want to be in if there was a, a world of horror movie that i could live in this would be the one that i would live in mm-hmm. um and it is the lost boys mm-hmm. 1987 yes michael <laughs> <laughs> i think i'm a big fan of just um, or I shouldn't say a fan. I'm a sucker for nostalgia. Mm. And, um, that movie was shot on Santa Cruz beach boardwalk. And I grew up in the Bay area, not too far from Santa Cruz. And that's kind of where my family would go. Um, on a weekend, we go down to the beach, down to the boardwalk, mm. like the style was a big thing for me. The sort of, um, Goonies esque plot to, um, save the yeah, day. Yeah, it was kind of like a graduated Goonies. Yeah, it was it was my Goonies. It was um, the one, yeah, where I was just like, I feel like a frog brother. Yeah. Um, Were you Edgar or Alan? I was probably more of an Alan. I actually can't tell the difference. Edgar know. is Corey Feldman <laughs> oh. and Alan is the other guy. Well, see, you are a fan. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> Unless I'm wrong. Well... <laughs> Oh, and it's, it has one of the best um, saxophone solos of all time yeah. ever filmed. Mm-hmm. So. It was a, a great saxophone solo. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right, moving on to number two. Number two. Ooh, do I get to do you number two? You get to go number two first. All right, my number two is a movie that I like more than you like, mm. uh, something that you've mentioned, and it's, can you guess what it is? <gasps> the Blair Witch Project. No, I oh, wait, that. dang it, I can't forgetting. I don't know. It's a John Carpenter's The Thing Uh is my number two. And this is something that when I was looking at other people's lists, um, it was like top five on so many people's lists was Mm. The Thing. Yeah. And it's one of those movies where it's like, um, it is really, it has everything that you need. It has the suspense. It has the gore. It has the the special effects that, which are like, it's some of the most mind-blowing practical effects ever and always the movie that i i'm like cgi sucks look at the thing they made this big crazy monster out of all Mm -hmm. practical effects and it was amazing yeah um the The setting the location yeah the setting you're how you're on earth but you're on another planet yeah 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 it's it's really just one of those movies it's perfect Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. agreed Well, my number two, and you have not mentioned this one, and I'm kind of surprised. Um, Shaun of the Dead is Mm. my number two. It is one of those for me where I could watch this um, every other month, not get sick of it. I watched it in Spanish because I just, I know it so well. And so I'm trying to learn Spanish, (laughs) trying to (laughs) learn it a little bit better. And so I thought, oh, I know Shaun of the Dead's um, script like by heart. So when I hear it in Spanish, I'll be like, oh, that's what that means. And it's, it's you know, it's still 
still uh still funny still good i, I think i <laughs> i chose to keep it off the list it probably is like one of my top 10 movies of all time um but not in your top 10 well it is it really is in there but i've I don't Somewhere know. For like some reason, when I'm just going through the list, I, I'm like, oh, I got to put this. I got to put this. Mm. Yeah, it's and hard. It's hard. Shaun of the Dead is definitely, it should be in my but top But the reason 10. why Shaun of the Dead is, is like in my top two is because it is it is a horror comedy. And I feel like often horror comedies don't get acknowledged as being great films because like, oh, it's a goofy thing. You know, they're doing a parody of Dawn of the Dead or Night of the Living Dead and all those other movies. I think it's it's a drama. It's a romance. It's a horror because it is truly terrifying, especially at the end when David gets torn apart. And oh my goodness. And it is funny. It's just so well orchestrated that I can't imagine any other film being able to bring all of those genres into one thing and pulling it off without seeming cheesy. It's flawless. As you're saying, you're number two. I have I have come to the realization that I don't think I ever said what my number eight was. Oh no, I think we skipped it. Do well, you remember what my number eight was? Well, poo. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to maybe put that in post. Let's maybe keep going. I, well, maybe I can just quickly say what number eight was, just in case I missed it. All right, just throw if it in for there. some reason, what is it? We did number eight already. Then. I'll just maybe I just like this movie so much that yeah, it's, I have to say mention it twice. Maybe it yeah. shouldn't be number eight. Maybe it should be number one. Let's plug it. What is it? Number eight, Night of the Living Dead. Oh, you did not I mention skipped that. It. Skipped it. Well, therein lies the fault in our in our list system of trying organizing. to go in this zigzag. <laughs> the reason why we had that was because I didn't want like one of us to be saying our top number of that category first. You know, I was trying to like be fair. I'm a Libra, so I just really wanted things to be fair. And in that fairness, we got confused. So we did get a little. It's did. our first podcast, so you know we'll we'll get this pilot, tightened guys. up as we go along. But number so just quickly, number eight, Night of the Living Dead, George Romero. I am a huge George Romero fan. Um, Night of the Living Dead is one of the best movies ever made. That's all I have to say. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> yes. Okay. Right. Can I go to number one? Yes. Okay. I'm going from number eight to number one. <laughs> No, my number one all-time horror movie. This was the easiest decision for me out of the entire top ten list. Um, and I... Do you know what it is? No. You don't? Hackers? <laughs> no. That might be my number two movie of all time. That's not horror at all. Some people... I'm at a blank. Just okay. what is it? <laughs> I was trying to draw out the suspense. What is the number one? Well, oh gosh. I don't know. Um, number one has to do with uh, a director that I just mentioned. And John Carpenter? Nope. George. <gasps> Dawn of the Dead. My no. number one horror movie of all time is George Romero's Dawn of the Dead. <gasps> I from guessed 1978. it. The yeah, but you you like you were supposed to just say like yeah I know it, and then I was supposed to say you, uh, you baited me. I baited. Yeah, I did. Well. <laughs> Um, so yes, so my favorite horror movie of all time, um, is George Romero's Dawn of the Dead. And for a lot of reasons, one, I am just, I love the zombie genre. I love what it represents. I like how it's, um, something that as a single unit, a zombie is not 
the scariest like thing. They're kind of slow yeah. lurching. But it is also like a representation of us and of people. It's something that's very relatable because it's some it's a person that is that has then died and come back to life. Mm -hmm. I remember I was in sixth grade and it came on um, late at night and it was a scene where there was a zombie getting pied in the face and I was watching it and I was just like, what the hell is this? This is, this is some, I, I didn't, I didn't even know like what to think of it. And, um, then, you know, years passed and I never knew what the movie was called. And then when I saw it, I, I would say I was a teenager, probably, as probably at 18. I think that's when I was exposed to a lot of horror movies. And um, it just, I don't know, everything about it kind of resonated with me. The fact that the zombies were totally stylized, but I don't know like why Ramiro chose to make these zombies like a powder blue. Yeah. Um, the fact that they were in an abandoned mall um, really spoke to me, especially. I think we all think like, okay, in the apocalypse, when we go to a mall. Yeah. I, what has everything you need? A mall. Well, I think that um, one of the things that I'm drawn to in a movie is, is the ability for the characters in the movie to kind of just like figure it out. And it's like a group of characters and they're trying to, they're like, we need to escape this mm -hmm. evil. So we're going to, it's like a very practical movie. And I, I think I liked thinking about it in that way, in that like, yeah, mall has everything you need. Everything about it was amazing to me. And it is my it's favorite horror movie. I will watch that movie every fan. day of my life if I had to. Hmm. Good. Okay. Well, my number one is one that you've mentioned and it was lower on your list. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. I'm glad that it did make it on your list. Uh, but it is 1978's Halloween, mm. directed by John Carpenter. And John Carpenter is my, I think he's just my favorite director, period. Uh, I love the simplicity of everything that he chooses. And I think I listened to him in an interview and he kind of is always of the philosophy when making films that um, the simpler, the better. Um, simple is key. And you can tell that in his score, it's such a simple score that's haunting and just I think that was my phone ring for the longest time because I loved it so much. And um, and yes, every time someone called me, I'd be terrified. And Michael Myers as this, this silent stalker that is just watching and waiting and um, almost like in a zombie kind of fashion, he's not going to run after you. He's just going to wait for you to be unassuming and unsuspecting and he'll get you. And um, the whole concept of is he the boogeyman and there are just so many moments where i'm just like yes truly terrifying and a lot of it is that soundtrack when jamie lee curtis thinks everything's over she already got stabbed in the shoulder she said she tells tommy to go run to the next door neighbors or something and um and then the kids leave and you hear that done done it's just so simple oh, and terrifying. I, I love Halloween so much. I can watch that. Not every day. I wouldn't want to overdo it. But, you know, once a month I could do that, I could do that. All right. That was it. Oh, my gosh. And because making a top 10 list 
of our favorite horror films is so hard. Rapid fire, honorable mentions for me, Candyman, Scream, Night of the Living Dead, Slumber Party Massacre, and Night of the Hunter. I just want Ooh, that's good. Thank you. Night of the Hunter. Oh, it's a good one. Robert Mitchum. He is the ultimate creepy um, <laughs> slow burn of a villain. Uh, rapid fire, my five honorable mentions. Um, the Dawn of the Dead remake mm-hmm. um, by Zack Snyder. Uh, Shaun of the Dead is mm-hmm. on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alien, The Mist, and Ringu. Ringu. Okay. Uh, and those were our top horror movie or some of our top it's horror funny movies. at the beginning of this I was yeah like, when oh, you're yeah, like 30, 30 minutes, minutes and i was like hmm. i think it's been an hour and 20 minutes a <laughs> couple of wind bags. might be an hour and 30 minutes <laughs> sorry guys you should probably wrap this up <laughs> all right so what to expect for it next time yes yeah, so um what we wanted to do is um we wanted to kind of talk about the movies that we the horror movie that we first saw that so basically that our, our first foray our into yeah for the genre i wouldn't even say inside of the love but maybe for you maybe piqued your interest yeah but for me it was like our this is my first exposure into... to mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. that was a movie that was scary yeah um, so next week, are we doing your first foray into horror? So we are going to do, I'm not sure yet. Okay, so we'll do one of our our first <laughs> forays into horror next yes. week. Or should we say what it's going to be? I almost feel like we shouldn't say what okay. it's going to be because it's, you know, in the podcast format, it's usually in the title of the podcast. Right. So check it out next so time, say, Yeah, guys. check it out next time. And Thank you for watching this much this or is, listening yeah, this episode long. episode of Gutted. Of Gutted. And if you are watching this on YouTube, make sure to subscribe and comment in the comment section. Yeah. Um, we'll try to put our list and Ooh, some also, tidbits and all po- that kind of stuff. If you're watching on YouTube, put your top 10 because it's so hard and so fun to do. So please tell us what your top 10 horror movies are. Yes, we want to engage in a long, lengthy battle of who is right and who is... Or who is more like-minded. Who is more like-minded, exactly. (laughs) Or Tony. Or if we have any listeners. (laughs) Yeah. And if you're listening to this in audio version, then... um, Feel free to just look out for the next episode and uh, follow us and download our episodes. And we will try to uh, put these out once a week. Yep. And that's about it. Thank you for letting us spill all of our guts on Got It.